Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Good morning. New legal trouble for Donald Trump. You're now facing another possible indictment. It is July the 19th. This is today. Target. The former president informed by the special counsel he is the focus of the investigation into January 6th and the efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Trump lashing out overnight. It's election interference. The DOJ has become a weapon for the Democrats. An absolute weapon. This morning, reaction from Republican rivals, the other investigations facing Trump, and what it all means for the 2024 race. Detained, we are learning more about the American soldier now being held in North Korea. Willfully and without authorization crossed the military demarcation line. Just ahead, why officials believe he fled across the border as tensions escalate over a new North Korean missile test. We'll have the very latest. Still sweltering, no relief from that brutal heat wave. Phoenix shattering long-standing records. Parts of Texas hitting triple digits for 33 straight days and counting. Power problems and air quality quickly becoming major concerns. Al's tracking all of it. What happened? New details emerging overnight in that bizarre disappearance and return home of a woman in Alabama. What police are now revealing about the investigation, the toddler she reported seeing, and where she was just before she called police. Those stories plus, lost and found. I'm alive and, uh, and uh, I did really didn't think I'd make it. The sailor rescued after three months, stranded at sea with his dog, opening up about his ordeal. And money talks. Another lottery drawing with no winner overnight. The nation's two biggest jackpots now worth nearly $2 billion combined. Today, Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to today. We're happy you were with us on this Wednesday morning. So happy that Willie is here on this Wednesday. Um, I said billion. I said two billion. Did you say two billion I know. Dollars? I had to rehear it again. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people dreaming about what they would do with that money this morning, perhaps buy another air conditioner, given the temperature outside. <laughs> no kidding. We're going to get to the extreme heat. It's just shattering records. How about this? This live look at Phoenix. It is at this hour in Phoenix, Arizona, 102 degrees. Today is well on its way of becoming the 20th straight day above 110. And that dangerous heat showing no signs of stopping going into the weekend, even into next week. Al has all the details in just a bit. But we are going to start with Donald Trump once again finding himself the focus of a major investigation into potential efforts to overturn the 2020 election. It is one of now four major investigations surrounding the former president, including the federal classified documents case in Florida, New York state charges related to alleged hush money payments, possible election interference in Georgia, and now the target in that special counsel investigation. We have complete coverage, including the potential impact on the 2024 race. We're going to start off with NBC's Garrett Hake. He covers the Trump campaign. Hey, Garrett, good morning. 
Hey, Hoda, good morning. The former president basically scooped law enforcement with his announcement that he expects to soon face federal criminal charges for a second time, this time for his efforts to hold on to power after an election he lost. The GOP's presidential frontrunner wasted no time, though, turning his latest legal challenge into fuel for his campaign. Former President Donald Trump now the target of a second federal criminal investigation, focusing on his efforts to stay in power after the 2020 election, attacking the special counsel in Iowa overnight. It's a disgrace. Uh, If you say something about an election, they want to put you in jail for the rest of your life. It's a disgrace. The former president says his attorneys received a letter Sunday, giving him until Thursday to come to Washington and testify before a grand jury, a communication which Mr. Trump writes, quote, almost always means an arrest and indictment. It is unknown what specific charges the former president could face, but the special counsel's investigation covers any unlawful interference into the transfer of power in 2020, including the attack on the Capitol on January 6th and efforts to send fake Trump electors to Washington. On Tuesday, Michigan's attorney general unveiled felony election law and forgery charges against 16 pro-Trump Michigan Republicans who signed certificates claiming they were the state's real electors in a state Joe Biden won. Some of those charged have denied wrongdoing. Former vice president and 2024 candidate Mike Pence insists Mr. Trump should face political, not legal, accountability for January 6th. History will hold him to account uh, for his actions that day. But with regard to the prospect of an indictment, I, I hope it doesn't come to that. A view echoed by Mr. Trump's top rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I hope he doesn't get charged. I don't think it'll be good for the country. Mr. Trump could soon face new criminal charges in Georgia, where a grand jury is set to hear evidence of 2020 election interference. He's already facing criminal charges in New York, tied to alleged hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. Mr. Trump denies any wrongdoing. And he's pleaded not guilty to 37 federal felony charges in Florida related to his handling of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, announced by the special counsel last month. We have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. Now, on those classified documents charges, in a pretrial hearing Tuesday, the judge overseeing the case appeared skeptical of Trump's lawyer's push to delay the trial until after the 2024 election. But she also questioned the Justice Department's position that the trial should start as early as December. The judge ended the hearing without setting a trial date, but said she would issue a written order promptly. All right, Garrett Hake for us there in D.C. Garrett, thanks. Joining us now in studio, NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning. It's good to see you. So I think most people understand being the target of an investigation is not a good thing. But does this mean almost certainly that Donald Trump will be indicted in this case? It is highly probable. If the government says that you are a target, it means they have evidence and reason to believe that you committed a crime. Does it mean that in every case someone who gets a target letter is indicted? No, but there's not a chance that Jack Smith, the special counsel, here sent a target letter to the former president of the United States and does not indict him. The only question really now is one of timing. Yeah. Okay. So what are the, what would the charges possibly be? Is it clear in this target letter what they might be? Uh, That's something we're trying to report and trying to figure that out. But we can sort of read a little bit of the breadcrumbs and piece it together here based on what we know witnesses have been asked about in that grand jury. And in particular, it appears that prosecutors are very interested in all the steps that the former president and his allies took to block the certification 
manipulation of the election. And this is all about what happened on January 6th, but it's also about all of the steps and all of the ways that he tried to cling to power to stay in office and to flip the election in his favor. That's such an important point. It's kind of been called in shorthand the January 6th investigation, but it's about much more than that, everything around 2020. So as it pertains to January 6th, uh, more than a thousand people have been arrested Mm -hmm. for the attack on the Capitol that day. Do you have a sense from what you know from your reporting that Donald Trump might be charged involving that specific day and his role in it? We really haven't seen any evidence that that's what prosecutors are focused on which is sort of amazing because we know everything that happened on that day and the attack was such an iconic image. But it may be that they actually charge him with some of the steps that led up to that actual attack. Could be more narrow. Fascinating. Laura, thanks so much as always. Anytime. Also this morning, we are learning more about the U.S. soldier who's been detained in North Korea after running across the border. It comes at a time of rising tensions between the United States and North Korea and more missile launches from that regime. NBC's chief international correspondent Respondent Keir Simmons is right here in Studio 1A with the latest. Hey, Keir, good morning. Hoda, good morning. There is silence from North Korea this morning over the status of a U.S. soldier who appears to have simply handed himself in. We know now more about him and about the build-up to this bizarre event. This is the 23-year-old U.S. soldier in North Korean custody this morning. A U.S. official says Private Travis King has served two and a half years in the military. He bolted across the border, effectively handing himself over to Kim Jong-un's isolated government. One of our service members who was on a tour uh, willfully and without authorization crossed the military demarcation line. Two U.S. officials telling NBC News he was supposed to have left the country. Another official said military police escorted him as far as they could go to an airport checkpoint. He then tagged along a commercial tour to the demilitarized zone and made the dangerous crossing. A tourist from New Zealand saying she witnessed the incident. Suddenly I noticed a guy running, a guy dressed in black, and the, um, yeah, the US and South Korean soldiers sort of realized what was happening, chased after him, but um, yeah, they didn't catch him. King's mother speaking out overnight, telling ABC News, quote, I can't see Travis doing anything like that. The Associated Press reporting, according to U.S. officials speaking anonymously, that King had been imprisoned in South Korea on assault charges and was released earlier this month. In 2017, we travelled to North Korea and saw for ourselves the tense and highly militarised border. And we're not allowed to stay here for very long. A U.S. official telling NBC News escorts from the tour tried to chase the soldier but didn't catch him. In 2017, a North Korean soldier was shot multiple times as he dashed across the border to defect to the south. He had to be dragged in darkness to safety. That same year, US hostage Otto Wombia was released after 18 months' detention. He was in a vegetative state and died soon afterwards. Now, King is the first known American to be detained in North Korea since 2018. That American at that time was deported several weeks later. But this morning, the only signal from that secretive country firing off more ballistic missile tests and continuing the tension between the U.S. and its allies and North Korea, guys. We will keep an eye on this one, Keir. Thanks so much. Another day of unrelenting heat on tap from coast to coast across the southern United States. Even more daily records set to fall today while some of those same areas and beyond also dealing with the return of dangerous air quality. Al is ready with your forecast, but first, NBC's Blaine Alexander is covering it all for us this morning. Blaine, what are you seeing out there? 
Well, Willie, good morning to you. You know what? You're right. Typically on a hot summer day, you would look for a pool like this or someplace to cool off. And as inviting as this looks, when you're talking about temperatures this high, just being outside for too long can be dangerous. Now, of course, the other issue is air quality, as you mentioned. And while some places are getting better across the board, some areas are still taking a hit from those Canadian wildfires. I'm sweating. With a heat dome covering the entire South from coast to coast, at least 11 states saw triple-digit temperatures Tuesday, with five hitting record highs. Phoenix has already made heat history, shattering a nearly 50-year record of consecutive days topping 110 degrees. Today will mark day 20, and that number is only expected to grow. 75-year-old George Jett is a bartender in Phoenix. He says he's never felt a summer this hot this long and says it's not only uncomfortable, but increasingly unnerving. Well, I think anybody should be concerned about what's going on right now. It's, uh, it's certainly an aberration. Officials say it's important to take proactive steps to stay safe amid the red-hot heat, take a cool shower, cover windows with drapes or shades, and do not rely on a fan as your primary cooling device. They can give a false sense of comfort without actually reducing body temperature. If the car breaks down, you definitely want to stay with the car, especially if the air conditioning is working, because uh, you just want to stay inside, stay cool until someone can help. Meanwhile, there is some relief for millions of Americans Americans who have been dealing with smoky air tainted by Canadian wildfires. With exceptions for Massachusetts and eastern Virginia, air quality is expected to get better today. Elsewhere, still more rain. Another bout of flooding swept through New Jersey Tuesday, submerging cars and causing more damage. And guys, getting back to that heat, yesterday we even saw it impact air travel. There was a flight that was scheduled to fly from Las Vegas here to Atlanta. That flight had to be canceled because the air conditioning on board wasn't working properly. Now, in a statement, Delta said that the issues led to uncomfortable temperatures inside the cabin. One person had to be treated for heat-related discomfort. Everybody was rebooked on other flights, Willie, but just imagine how it felt inside that plane. The highs in Las Vegas yesterday got up to 111 degrees. Oh my goodness. Blaine Alexander in a steamy Atlanta for us this morning. Blaine, thanks so much. 713, let's bring in Mr. Roker. People are wondering what to expect. All right, guys, and good morning to you. Let's take a look. Again, the numbers have actually gone up under the folks who are under heat advisories, watches, and warnings, stretching from Florida all the way to the Southwest and California for 77 million people. Right now, here's the deal. So we've got that dangerous heat that is stretching all the way from the Southwest into the Southeast. Here's the good news. For the Southeast, you're going to get a bit of a break because tomorrow this front will pass through and that will sleep sweep from the plains all the way into the northeast cooler air but the heat dome is going to shift west it's going to intensify so those temperatures you've got out west now they're going to last right on through the weekend into early next week but a little moderation in the northeast and mid-atlantic states for today we're looking at again records possible for palm springs to houston lubbock as well then for tomorrow we've got more of the same stretching from birmingham all the way to las vegas and into the weekend, you can see those temperatures still stay upper 90s to the low 100s. And today in the southeast, with that heat, the heat, the heat indexes 
Triple digits for Charleston, Houston, Corpus Christi, Memphis as well. And for tomorrow into late week, temperatures stay up into those upper 90s to the low 100s. We do have a risk for severe weather today, tonight, stretching from the Great Lakes all the way down into Kansas. Thursday, that system moves into the Ohio River Valley, bringing cooler air. But we do have the risk of severe weather stretching from Chicago, Lexington, on into Oklahoma City and Denver. We also expect three to four inches of rain down through Tennessee on into Kentucky. So possibilities of flooding there. Guys. All right, Al, it is relentless out there. We'll be back to you in just a second for the full forecast. Meanwhile, it has been more than three days since an Alabama woman who vanished mysteriously returned home. But questions surrounding her disappearance only are growing as police are now set to speak publicly about the case for the first time. NBC's Sam Brock joins us live from Hoover, Alabama. Sam, good morning. Willie, good morning. Hoover police have described rumors and misinformation surrounding this case. This afternoon, we are expected to learn more as new developments are already coming in. This morning, new revelations from law enforcement about the case of Alabama woman Carly Russell. The investigation captured national attention as the community searched for the 25-year-old nursing student for days. This after she pulled over when she said she saw a toddler alone on the side of a highway Thursday. Russell called 911 and then vanished. Her vehicle's unlocked, running. Now, police say there was no evidence of a toddler abandoned in the area, adding, nor did we receive any additional calls about a toddler walking down the interstate, despite numerous vehicles passing through that area. The Hoover Police Department also writing in a statement that before her disappearance, Russell picked up snacks from a local Target. Those snacks were not found at the scene, though Russell's belongings, phone, and wig were left behind. Russell returned on foot Saturday night, her parents describing her arrival to NBC News' Priscilla Thompson earlier this week. She was not in a good state, so we had to stand back and let medical let professionals work with her. her. But they declined to go into more detail. And can you tell me what happened Saturday night? Did you just get a knock at the door? Anything leading to, to the case itself? We, we can't discuss that. Police now say surveillance video shows Russell walking down the sidewalk alone, adding, when first responders arrived on scene, they found Miss Russell conscious and speaking. She was later treated and released from a local hospital. Russell's employer, the Woodhouse Spa Birmingham, saying overnight in a statement it was turning over everything it's uncovered to police. The mystery around the dramatic disappearance deepening as the investigation continues. And so far, we have not heard from Carly Russell about what happened, only from her parents. We do know, guys, that police interviewed her briefly at the hospital, but part of their statement, they said they're waiting for her to be made available for a more detailed account. Willie? All right, Sam, thank you very much. All right, guys, let's talk lottery. Nearly $2 billion now up for grabs as the Powerball and Mega Millions jackpots continue to climb. So Powerball's top prize sits at $1 billion. That's the third largest in the game's history. The next drawing's tonight, uh, but the fun doesn't end there. Mega Millions now up to $720 million. That's because nobody hit all six numbers in last night's drawing. So the next Mega Millions drawing is Friday night. There is a point, isn't there, where you just kind of have to buy a ticket? You must, even if just you've in never case. played. You never just know. Just in case. <laughs> All right, let's head back over to Al for the rest of the forecast. Yeah. Just nonstop Dr. Evil imitations. That's <laughs> all we keep doing for this. Uh, so for today, we do have that flood risk through the Appalachians. We're also looking at severe storms through the plains. No relief from the heat down south and temperatures seasonal as you get along the California coast. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Uh, still ahead, new details on that 
amazing survival story, the one we told you about yesterday. That sailor who was stranded at sea for months, now revealing more about his ordeal and the miracle rescue. We are going to hear from him. Plus, inside a growing debate tied to the shortage of pilots facing the nation's airlines, how old is too old to fly a commercial jet? You might be surprised at who's pushing back against the idea of raising the retirement age ahead of a key vote on Capitol Hill. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed it's 7 30 yep. y'all that is incredible luke holmes he did the cover of tracy chapman's fast car he mm. loves doing it. Tracy loves him playing it. it is a, there's a sweet message from Luke to Tracy. We're going to have more on Popstar. I, I literally have chills. That yeah. is a beautiful version. That is such a great song. It's one of the greatest songs of all time yeah. that when Luke covered it, you go, uh-oh. And he right. did it so yes. beautifully and so well. And Tracy, as you said, loves the song. Loves Luke it. pays tribute to her. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see Luke next weekend yeah. in Philly. It, it we can't wait. It has that power of when it comes on, you just stop talking. Yes. Yeah. And you got to just yes. listen. Right? Yes. Tom Yamas How you doing? House. You know what I was I was expecting what? Hoda Copy to get on stage and start singing <laughs> yeah. Fast Car, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Will, will there be a return? Everyone's got a moment. <laughs> She'll be there. She'll be there. All right, we've got an update for you this morning on a remarkable story of survival that captured the world's attention. Yeah, the sailor who was stranded on a damaged boat for months. He's back on dry land, opening up about his ordeal and his miracle rescue. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer joins us with more. Hey, Miguel, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. Tim Shattuck appeared to be in a dire situation before he was rescued by a crew of a tuna trawler. He and his dog, Bella, only had each other as weeks turned to months lost at sea. Fearing the end could be near, he says he was saved just in the nick of time. Disembarking his rescue ship with a warm embrace for the team who saved him. This morning, Tim Shattuck is the sea-weary castaway who's now sharing his harrowing story of survival with the world. When you get saved, you feel like you, you want to live. So I'm very grateful. After being lost at sea for nearly three months, the Sydney sailor indebted to the fishermen who plucked him out of the ocean. I'm alive and... Uh, and uh, I did really didn't think I'd make it. Discovered bobbing some 1,300 miles off Mexico's west coast, Shattuck, who was stranded at sea with his new dog, Bella, was reeled in by a tuna trawler after he was miraculously spotted by a helicopter working with the ship. Shattuck says he and Bella survived for months by drinking rainwater and eating a diet of raw fish. 
there was a lot of tuna, you know, sushi, and I'm still very skinny. By the time I came here to the fishing boat, I was just eating so much food. <laughs> Just weeks into their three-month voyage from La Paz, Mexico to French Polynesia, Shattuck says a storm wiped out all the electronics aboard their catamaran. Holding on to each other, they survived against the odds. She's a beautiful animal. I, I'm just grateful she's alive, you know. Uh, she's, she, she's, a bit, she's a lot more braver than I am, that's for sure. <laughs> The two drifted for months, never knowing if a lifeline would come. I would try and find the happiness inside myself, you know. Things get tough out there, uh, you know, you have to survive. This morning, the castaway back on land, but saying he'll never give up new adventures at sea. Okay, that is wow, an yeah. incredible story. So many layers to it. And Shattuck, actually, Miguel and his dog, actually recently just met by chance. Yeah, that's right. Just before he departed from his ill-fated journey, he met Bella on the streets of Mexico. The dog wouldn't stop following him, so he decided to take her on the boat. Little did they know they'd be in for a journey of a lifetime together, guys. Wow. Yeah, and a bond, too. Glad that lasted for a long, too. long time, Miguel. Uh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, guys, still ahead, the gripping new podcast, Shining a Light on Fertility and the Harrowing Experiences of Some Women who sought treatment at a top clinic. But first, Tom Costello is exploring the battle that's erupted in the push to hire more pilots. Hey, Tom. Hey, guys, good morning. So, you know, last summer we had this problem, not enough pilots. Well, now Congress is about to allow, possibly, older pilots to continue flying past the mandatory retirement age. Is that a good idea? We'll have that story when we come back. Welcome back. This morning on In-Depth Today, the big fight on Capitol Hill over the nation's pilot shortage. Yeah, the issue whether to allow airline pilots to keep flying past the mandatory retirement age of 65. Congress is set to vote this week, but surprise here that Pilots Union is actually opposed to it. Mm. NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation. So, Tom, good morning. What is the dispute here exactly? So the pilots union, dominated by younger pilots, says this is about safety, that younger pilots are healthier. They don't have the potential health risks that older pilots have. But a lot of senior pilots say, listen, we are healthy and we're better pilots in our 60s than we were in our 30s. But a year after those massive flight cancellations where there, when there weren't enough pilots, Congress may be about now to raise the retirement age two years beyond the current mandatory retirement limit. Despite an all-out push to hire more pilots faster, the nation's airlines are expecting a shortage of 34,000 pilots by 2030, after thousands left during the pandemic and with even more set to retire. Under U.S. law, airline pilots must retire at the age of 65, though many insist they're better than ever. American Captain Dan Goble talked to us just before he was forced to retire. You're about to turn 65. Why do you want to stay in the cockpit? because I can do the job as well as a 40-year-old. I pass all my FAA check rides. I pass all my uh, physicals, FAA-mandated physicals. And uh, quite frankly, I've got more experience. 
experience does matter. All right, let's go gear down, flaps 30. In Denver, United Airlines is certifying pilots round the clock who are moving up from smaller regional carriers, leaving the regionals short on pilots. Our goal is to hire 10,000 pilots by the year 2030. Half of those pilots, 5,000, are going to come from the Aviate Academy down in Phoenix. It was 2007 when Congress last raised the retirement age from 60 to 65. Now it may raise it again, this time to 67. There's an absolute shortage of pilots, and we're seeing it. We see it every day. Many other countries have higher or no retirement age, including Japan, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. But America's biggest pilots union argues it may not be safe to keep older pilots since many could have undiagnosed health issues. Raising the retirement age from 65 to 67 uh, has not been studied. There's no data to say that it's okay, and we don't do that. Many airlines, the FAA and the White House, also oppose raising the mandatory retirement age, arguing making this change without doing research and establishing any necessary policies would be outside the international standard. A U.S. change could force the international standard set by ICAO to also move to 67. Meanwhile, Erica Hedinga, part of the new generation of pilots, is now a United Airlines first officer and living her dream. You graduated with $100,000 in yes. student loan debt. Yep. And yet you still want to do this. Yes, I love it. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It's an amazing lifestyle. I've seen the whole world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. If the U.S. were to raise its retirement age to 67 ahead of the international standards, that means some pilots may not be able to fly international, may, may not be able to go to Europe. The question is how quickly might the international regulations follow suit? Guys, back to you. So, Tom, there's also some talk, I understand, about reducing the number of hours pilots must have before they can fly commercial. Where does that stand? So that's the 1,500-hour rule. You must have 1,500 hours before you can be a first officer. There's a movement in Congress to cut that back. The regional airlines would like to see fewer hours required. I don't think that there's an awful lot of appetite on Capitol Hill for really cutting that back because we're talking about what happened after the Buffalo crash with Colgan Airlines. Congress raised the limit up to 1,500 hours. There's not a lot of appetite right now to cut that back. A lot of concern about safety and ensuring that pilots have enough hours in the cockpit before they fly paying passengers. Fascinating debate. Tom Costello, thanks so much for bringing it to us. We were just noting that Captain Sully was almost 60 yeah. years old when he landed that plane on the yes. river behind us. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's something about a person with lots of experience. The idea of yeah. cutting back hours of experience seems yeah. not yeah. like it's going to work. Yeah. I bet you Al's got some thoughts. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. speaking as the guy who's a little older in the room, you stay as long as you want. Yeah. All right. That's what I'm talking about. All right. You know, also what we're talking about heat and not just here in the U.S., in Europe, they're looking at look at these these temperatures. By Thursday, 104 in Athens, 104 in Antalya, uh, Rome, 97, 99 on Wednesday, Marseille into the upper 90s. So we're talking hot everywhere. We've also got Tropical Storm Calvin, 135 miles south-southeast of Hilo, 50-mile-per-hour winds. Moving west at 20, it'll stay to the south of the islands, but there are flood watches and rainfall amounts could be as high as 10 inches in some of the islands along that Hawaiian island chain. And we love all of our folks. Aloha! Ha! And that is your latest weather. Guys. All right, Al, thank Thanks, you very Al. much. Coming up, we're getting you ready for the year's biggest event at the box office. 
It is Barbenheimer. <laughs> the growing excitement this morning of two very different summer blockbusters set to open on Friday. Ahead on Pop Start, Paul McCartney ready to tell the stories behind his most beloved songs. We'll tell you what the music icon has planned. And lobster, as we all know, a summer treat that can be very difficult to crack. But not anymore. Why? Because Martha Stewart is oh. here to give us a very hands-on lesson.